Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends. It's Navigate with ID. It's such an honor and privilege to be here. Friends, what can I say? You know, we just give God the glory for life. I mean, with all that is happening around us, we just need to pull ourselves up and make the best of every situation and trust God for everything. This is not a time for you to get downhearted. This is not a time for you to walk through life as if nothing happens, but it's just a time for you to reflect and do. Do what is right and what is wrong will leave you alone. It's such an honor and privilege as we look at the business school every Tuesday and every Thursday. I hope you're finding the sessions quite uh, interesting and exhilarating like I do. And I want to say sincere thanks to you all for tuning in. I'm so bolstered and encouraged Yesterday, I sat at a meeting with a friend who, by some reason, you know, got a call and um, mentioned that we're having a meeting with so-so and so. And the person on the other part of the line said, wow, that I am a very serious listener of Navigate with ID. And um, this is not just any kind of person, a very high-ranking senior and official. And I said, wow, this is something that we may take for granted, but value is being exchanged. I'm also learning. You're helping me through your comments, through your questions, through the feedback. That is a form of encouragement. And I'm just asking that you do the same as you go through the travails of life. Whatever I present, make the best of it. Don't throw yourself away and don't go into the deep end. Now, talking about the deep end, on Tuesday, we started a very fantastic journey of conversations around which is the better way into the pool, the deep end or the shallow end. And at the end of the day, I said to all of you that personally, I like the fact that in dealing with people or in building people, I like to throw them into the deep end of the pool so they can learn to swim immediately, not gradually introduce them via the shallow end where all the nervousness will happen. As a matter of fact, I must say also that I got some feedback. Some friends of mine, those that have access to my contacts, quickly wrote a note to me and said, you are the big shark because you're swimming with sharks. You understand how sharks work. And that got me cranking, seriously. I, I, got, I laughed and laughed and, you know, the exchange was amazing across board. But it's the truth. Friends, if you want to make it in life, you must go through the process. And like I did say, in dealing with people, which of the better ends of the pool would you start from? If you're just starting life and you're a fresher, straight out of the university, yes, you have to go through the shallow end. Just like, you know, they'll have to hold your hands. The mode of entry into the pool will be very strategic as you must or will be afraid. And before you do that, they're going to have you go under the shower just by the pool, get, you know, a bit acclimatized with the temperature. They'll make you sit beside the pool, put your your feet into the water, do some, you know, gymnastics with your feet, 
and your legs, but when the time comes, you'll be announced to enter and you'll have to hold the metal ladder or the steel ladder right into the pool and then begin to hold the edges. With all the gadgets on your body, when you look at the pool, you'll admire others at the deep end, swimming so well, and one day you hope that you'll be there. It's the same thing with your career. When you start as a very young trainee, fresh out of school, your first job, that's how you feel when you look at the MDs, you look at the directors, you look at the executives, you look at the senior managers, you look at the seniors generally, you'll be seeing a future where you will one day play at that deep end of the pool. And so conversely for me, once you attain a measure of experience, you can't be thrown into the shallow end again. It's a deep end. And like I said, you either S or S. You either sink or you swim. And being thrown in the deep end is very confidence-inspiring. The coded message you're getting is that we are not going to tell you how to do it. We trust you to find your own way. I love it when I throw people to the deep end of the pool. What I'm telling you is that I trust you. I trust you to be able to stand, withstand the wiles of this environment. Think about what you need to do. Make the best of it. You're coming with some measure of experience. You're coming with some measure of knowledge, with some perspective. Show me what is not working and make the best of it. What it implies, it's absolute trust. T-R-U-S-T is lacking in business, in finance, in marriages, in relationships, in anything and everything. Trust is a factor that not many people, or currency rather, not a factor, it's a currency that not many people are trading with. So when it comes to business, I'll have to throw you deep side of the pool. Go in there. I'll see how you establish yourself and how you get on with it. All of this also implies that there would be a mode of entry. And that gives me a good pedestal, like I did so on Tuesday, to take a segue into talking about being interviewed. What is an interview? What happens during an interview? Who is the interviewer and who is the interviewee? You know, it's very strange and um, interesting. Being interviewed can be very terrifying, but it can also open the door for a new job. It can be, it's the door opener for a new career. It is a skill that you need to work on and work at. But then, from experience, I believe there are several things you must concentrate on. The first one, which is very critical, is that you must be interested in interviews. You must be interested in them. Why? If you are not interested, you cannot pass the interview. So before you get thrown into the pool, you need to go through this process. This process is the back end of it. Whether it's even you having a business partner, you want to bring in a partner into your business, you want to hire a new staff, um, or you need uh, a service provider, whatever the case, you must have a chit-chat. And that is the interview. If you are not interested in that aspect, there is nothing you can do to get it. So what does it mean? Very many people today take interviews for granted. They've always taken it for granted. 
I recall vividly in the day and time when my career started and I went for my first interview. It was amazing. Then they, in the 80s, they'll tell you there are certain tips about what, how to go out to an interview. You must dress well, polish your shoes, make sure your clothes are properly ironed, your shirts. Then as a young graduate, you didn't have any jacket or suit. At best, you carry your graduation suit there. Or if you're still lucky, the sizes still work, your matriculation suit. So if you come from middle families like middle-income families like mine, where suits are not the order of the day for you, it's just shirt and trouser, or you wear knickers, those things are luxuries. So thank God for matriculation and convocation. Otherwise, many of us no forget suit at all. So if you are like me, the first interview you would attend most likely will be with your convocation suit, just as it is, just that the shirt will not be the same shirt, I promise you. Talking from a guy-guy standpoint and a boy-boy standpoint, there's no way, except you are a real, real nerd, that you will keep your shirt, the white shirt or gray shirt or blue shirt from that time till, you know, possible. But at that time, there were rules of engagement. You had to study. They'll ask you questions. You'll be told you're going for this interview. You're interviewing for a job around XYZ. Maybe as a PR consultant, maybe a marketer, maybe a quality control officer, maybe a trainee in agriculture, whatever field of endeavor. Or even the public service, you do go through some form of interview. The critical factor then and the critical factor today, taking all other things as a constant, is that you need to learn as much as you can about that profession and the company in advance. So, for example, if you're going into the commercial end and you know that this particular entity has retail stores, now, if you're going, for example, into a fast-moving consumer goods sector or industry, so you want to work with any of the fast-moving consumer goods companies as a commercial person, even as a finance person, even as a PR manager, whatever role it is, as long as you are in uh, the fast-moving consumer goods category. And their products will be found in different kinds of stores. You can make it a point of duty to visit one in out of so many stores in different channels. And what that does for you is some form of enlightenment. You've interacted with the suppliers, could be the store owners, some of the customers, because you are preparing for this interview. How many of you go to that extent? How many of you go to work? before the work and even before you are called to attend the face-to-face -face or whatever form the interview will take. We don't do that. But I can tell you, that's an absolute way to immerse yourself in that business. It shows you are interested in them. That is the first. Many don't do it. If this company makes X products, buy some, use them and have an opinion about their products. Get their company report. 
study it, ask questions from people about it. Above all, don't just research them on the internet. That's the lazy man's way. Yes, I know the internet can give you all, but it's not all in all. You need to demonstrate a bit of effort and initiative. Many years ago, not longer than three, I would guess, this was um, possibly 2019, or yeah, thereabout, 2019, December, because this was pre COVID. I was invited by one of the very big um, corporations, an FMCG company. I was invited to meet with their very top executives in London. And they wanted me to come and give some perspective um, about their business. And at the same time, they were looking to see if I would um, love to join them to run the business across the region. Whilst, you know, in that back and forth, I kept telling them that, guys, I'm not so interested in any job at now because of what I'm doing. Now I want to build people. I want to help them build their businesses. So I'm really more an executive and business coach, but I don't think I want to go back to a nine to five. The conversation got so heated and um, they just said to me, okay, just come along and let's have a conversation with our number one. That is the number one man for the company who was based in London. And so I decided, okay, what, what, what's it, what's it going to cost me? Nothing. They buy me a good business class ticket. They'll put me in a very beautiful four or five star hotel. They'll feed me and then we'll go have the meeting. I'll spend some two days with my son and then I'll fly back to Lagos. And I said to them, fine, um, let's do it. And I don't want to tell you that the Madame Factor was there. My wife kept prodding me to say, go and listen to them now. What's your own? And I said, okay, Madame, I salute. And I left. Now, before I left the country, I went with my business manager, Esther, into Okiari. And I started working through Okiari. I went through that market. I left Okiari. I went to another place in Ikeja. I went to a couple of stores, supermarkets. I went to a couple of grocery stores. And I now went further to Agege to also see all the products being produced by this company. And I put together what I called my perspective on their business. And then here I was, I got into London that morning and got to my hotel and I was picked up and we started the meeting at about 9 a.m. Friends, I was in that meeting room till about 8 p.m. Almost 10 to 12 hours of talking to the who is who in the company. At a point, we're about seven or eight. But this was the part that really freaked them out. When it got to a certain point and um, the global CEO was around, he joined and he said uh, they had the group supply chain manager, they had the group CFO, they had all the group executives. There were six or seven of them around the table. And I said to them, can I spend another 30, 40 minutes? I'd like to give you a perspective of your business um, from my little lens, one day lens of visiting the market. And I put up the presentation. The amounts were agape. I said, you guys have spent time talking to me about your business, saying X, Y, Z. 
I said, but your guys on ground are not executing. There's no way you can ever win the war. And so why do you expect me to come and join you as a consultant or even as a chief of this party when either of two things are wrong? Number one, you have a lazy commercial team. Number two, you don't inject funds into the market. And number three, you guys are sitting here in, on high horses, you know, as executives and expecting magic to happen because everybody feels Nigeria is the opportunistic market. And, you know, I tell you, they all looked at me and they were silent for a couple of minutes. Do you know why that happened? Because I was very much interested in them. I went out of my way to walk the streets and I brought the results right before their faces. They didn't believe it. I didn't bother going to get their company report to talk about. I didn't bother studying. The studying for me was in the market. The guts of the business, of any business down the streets where you will find the users, the interaction point between the users, the consumers, the purchasers, and the givers, and the channel, everything is right there. If you go into the streets, you get a lot more information. Then, if you're not satisfied, you can now go into the company report, and that in itself speaks volumes. So if you want to be interviewed, if you're going for an interview, when you're going in for a role, one way, if you are going to meet a guy like myself on the other side, that will throw you into the deep end, you had better do your homework well. You had better be interested in the company, in their brands, in the services they offer, the products. Buy some of the products yourself. Get them ahead. Get people to use them. You might say, oh, I'm not a woman. I can't use it. Then get it for your mom, for your sister, for your girlfriend, for your colleague, whoever. Or ask them, do you use X, Y, Z? What's your view? That's a portion that we don't do. That's why many of us don't triumph. But when it comes to that stage, we are all terrorized because you're not prepared, because you're not interested. You must learn as much as you can about any company about their business in advance. If you don't, you're putting yourself on the wrong pedestal. Many of you stroll into jobs, you feel because they've increased your salary. Your brain is only thinking about money. T-I-C-K, your TikTok, TikTok is all about money. You're not thinking about the future. When you take on this role and increase your salary by 50,000, by 100,000 a month, you don't even understand that inflation has wiped it out. By the time inflation wipes it out, Mr. Tax is waiting for you because it's pay as you earn. So that you earn 1 million now and they move it to 1.5 million doesn't mean that your net pay will be better. It just means that you're going to pay more tax. Inflation is also going to show you I'm waiting here. And these days in our country and across the world, it's galloping. So if you're going to make the best of your future and your business and the work in your hands, being interviewed can be terrifying, but I'm telling you that it can also open the door for a new career, for a new perspective, for a new you. It is a skill that you must work at very seriously. And the first thing I'm telling you is you must get and be interested in the company. The second thing I'll tell you very instructively is that you must match their need to your skill. Now, I went to that. It wasn't an interview. It was really about, it, it was a chit-chat at executive level 
Well, you could also call it an interview because I met a lot, a lot of guys wanted to know what I'd done in the past. And each time I looked at it, in fact, one of the guys made me laugh a bit. So when he asked me, so tell me about yourself and what you've done. And I said to him, yeah, once upon a time, I was a general manager at the Coca-Cola company. He said, what year? And I said, I was at Coca-Cola for 11 years. He said, really? And he said, what year? And I looked at him and I said, okay, this guy is trying to fish for trouble. Here you are in 2019, you're talking to someone who probably a decade over was sitting around the same role you are and you get the shock of your life. I said that to myself. So I said 2004. He said, oh my God. Yeah, I, I was at Coca-Cola in Sososo country. I just joined as a trainee. I said, yeah, that was 15 years ago. And he looked at me and said, wow. So you were one of the big boys in the, in the company at that time. And we started talking about Atlanta. He forgot about the chat about the job because I know he made. The guy moved. It was very interesting. But I tell you something. By the time we got into the overall conversations, there was something that was very clear. It was the fact that their need and my skill, there was a match. They're looking for something. They were looking for something. They were looking for somebody. And they now found someone. But here was the big problem they had. This someone they got, to their mouths and to their tents, was too qualified. Or at best, they might not be able to afford this, this person, given where the business was in West Africa. And so I said to them, well, that's not a problem. You can't have me as a consultant, but if you need me, you know where you can find me. That was mine three years ago. And I still operate as a consultant. I'm still open to anybody that wants to make an offer. But there has to be a match between their need and my skill. And I'm transferring the same to you. Apart from being interested in the company, in the business, in that organization, in that sector, whatever sector it is, you must match their need to your skill. Every job, every role requires some particular talents. Yesterday, I met a young man who happens to work in the fintech industry or sector, is in marketing. And we had a few moments together, about 30, 45 minutes, I would say. We were introduced by a common friend who wanted me to mentor him more or less. And I asked him a few questions. In the process, you could see a very dynamic young man who wants to make the best of his career. He said to me that he was 30, and he hoped that by the time he was 45, 50, he should be a CEO. And I said to him, that's too long. In this era and timing of yours, you should make it in a shorter time. But you need to do certain things to make it happen. And he looked at me, and I gave him some reasons why he needs to. I said, number one, I was 24 at Guinness as a management trainee. During our induction ceremony, I said to our then Manpower Development Manager that by the age of 45, I should be a CEO. That 21 years from that age, if I'm not a CEO, something is wrong with me. If something is wrong with me or something is wrong with where I'm working, it doesn't necessarily have to be Guinness, was what I said to him at the age of 24. 
And I told the young man that I made it as a CEO at the age of 44. I was MD of Samsung, West Africa. And he looked at me and I said, so if at my own time, I give myself such a bench mark, you can't now because you are faster. You are a lot more enabled because of technology. The road for you is to go and find out what technological trends will assist and fast track your profession as a marketer. The marketer of the future needs to also understand and have a hang on technology because it is an enabler that will bring dynamism to the business of marketing because marketing is business. And the young man looked at me and said, wow, he is also looking for opportunity. And I said, listen, young man, not every opportunity is an opportunity. Every opportunity is not an opportunity. Many of the people I see make that mistake because when they see something, they say it's an opportunity. No, no, no. Not every opportunity is an opportunity. If you want to find out why and how, go and ask Mr. Lot. He will tell you that not every green is green. Sometimes you need to search before you apply. Friends, let's take a break and pay some bills. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Quite an interesting dimension, and I hope to see you on the other side. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends and distinguished listeners of Navigate with ID. Such an honor and privilege to be here. Well, just in case you are an accidental tune-in listener, well, welcome. It's um, your business school on radio, and yours truly, I have the privilege and honor to serve as your anchor and your chief servant. We've been looking at a very interesting topic within the ambits of our business school and really around dealing with people. Uh, proud to this, in the last edition of the episode, we were on this little journey of asking ourselves a big question, which is the better way into the pool? Is it a deep end or the shallow end? And we had to answer using varied perspectives. And, um, and coming out of that, it was very clear that it was very important to understand the back end of the process that gets you into the pool. And that is about being interviewed. Will some consider it a triumphant dimension or a terror? Many people see it as something that they're a bit terrorized about it. I'm going for an interview. I'm not sure I'm going to make it. But hey, though interviews can be terrifying, they can also open doors for a new career. It is a skill that you must work towards. It is a skill worth working at. I then opine that there are certain things that must be done as very critical success factors. Number one, you must be interested in the company. You must be interested in them. You must learn as much as you can about the company in advance. And I give um, a personal example of how I went through that process. The second point I went through in the course of before the break was the need to match their need to your skill. That every job requires some particular skill, talent, experience, and all of that. So for a role like marketing, it may hinge on creativity. It may hinge on you being very open-minded. It may also hinge on you being knowledgeable with a perspective. For a finance role, it may hinge on numeracy. For a sales role, it may hinge on charm. And this charm is not fine boy, fine girl. Nah. 
It is your ability to step into the room and take control of that room. It's called the aura, that you exude that aura. And by the time you open your mouth to speak, people are waiting to say, what does this guy or lady have to say? Now, whatever the job is, there will be very few key people that can do it well. Whatever the job is, there will be a few key talents that may be required to do it. And so at that stage, you have the man or woman called the interviewer. They will be looking for evidence. They will be looking for anecdotes. They will be looking for cues. They will be looking for a certain thing. See, every interviewer is looking for something. But you know what I've found from experience now? Very many times when you're going for an interview, supposedly for a role, it depends on the nature of the position that is in terms of status. For the junior ones, the ones for freshers, that one is a co-enjoy. They just pack all of them put for one room. They call them one by one. That is a co-enjoy incorporated. They just need a bunch of you in there, like you're going for idols. Then you enter one by one, and the three judges will be there. The one will laugh like the band. The other one, like my friend, Obi Asika, will just look and shake his head and try to manage you. And the third person may just say to you, bros, no worry. Just go, go, go school again. That's what happens at a very low level. When I say low level, entry level. So you have it just like the idols. That's the kind of setting. It's called Akwonjo. It's called Akwonjo. They are all together. They pack them put there. They are looking for something. They are looking for somebody. They are looking for a particular treasure. They are looking for a seed that they can put in the ground and water to become an oak tree. So at that level, what they are looking for is very different. And so out of that whole pack of so many, they bring the numbers down. And then you'll then face another panel. This next panel will be closer enough to the top because they'll be saying, this is the kind of um, character or the profile of the person we are looking for that would have some attitudinal dimensions and they are looking more at character because character is the stability of the future. That's the kind of evidence that happens at the low level. At the middle level, it's a bit different. It won't be an Akonjo dimension like the low level or entry level. But it will have one job. They will just bring a few. You may not see yourselves because they want to respect you. They are pushing you from another place. They don't want all of you to come all at once, swarm them like bees. So they schedule you. That's when you start enjoying the privilege of being scheduled. They say, oh, your interview is at 10.30. They will now put the next person at 11.30. Yeah, they are treating you like an executive. When you move from that middle level to a senior level, then it's very different. They book a suite in one very nice five-star hotel, and you get to the reception, call a certain number, the PA to the MD or the executive will come down and take you to a small waiting room. They will give you coffee. For a co-worker, then they give coffee. Now go there, all of now, you're going to drink any mineral where you see you drink, any water where you see you collect. But when it gets to the top, it's a different thing because they're looking for a different kind of talent. And the evidence at that point in time is not necessarily the evidence at the entry level, neither is it at the middle level. 
At a senior level, not the talk of executive level, it's very different. And this is where the rubber actually hits the road. Friends, when you're coming in at the entry level, the tendency is that you would feel terrorized. You'll be shaking. First of all, you look around the room in that Akuma just setting. There will be some very quiet guys. There will be some loud guys. There will be all manner of people. The first thing that hits you is, how many of us do they want? Why are we so many? Can I make it? So you can actually lose confidence in yourself. But I'll tell you what happened to me. My very first interview, then when I joined Guinness, well, so quite a number because we're, they were asking for management trainees. I didn't even know or understand that this was it. This was the final one. But I got into the room and I met seven distinguished men of repute. I still remember the late Chief Rafa Labi, who was the then marketing director, was there. Uh, the late Anselm Atiomo, he was the personal director, he was there. And of course, uh, Mr. Biola Kukwola, who is my boss till, till this day, love him to, to the moon. And of course, Mr. Jafar Yakubu. And some other three distinguished executives of the company were in that panel in 1990. And I sat there, I was looking at these men, and they asked questions. Before I sat down, you know, I told you, you know, my first suit was my conv convocation suit. It was a gray suit, I still remember, white shirt with a red tie. And I had these uh, shoes that I used for my convocation, everything that convo. I got there and they asked me to sit down. I got in and they said, sit down. When I sat down, I was about to unbutton my jacket and the thing called hook. Hey! I tried to unbutton this now, split second, Miguel. Boy, I just said to myself, oh boy, now here you won't come disgrace me. And all of them just burst out laughing. They said, who, what am I saying? I said, no, is this my jacket? I tried to unbutton the thing so I can look like a gentleman. The thing, the button, no one can come out. Go hook. They started laughing. They said, what a character. And then that was it. That was how my interview started. And they started asking questions and I was responding. And at the point, they asked me, so how much um, do you think you should be, should be paid? You know, considering that you're starting as a management trainee. I said, frankly, um, let me start from the point that, you know, they know the answer. I don't know why they're asking me because I've never worked here before. And they all started laughing. I said, it's true. Okay, when they ask me questions, obviously, I hold the answer. If you turn your paper up like this, I'll give you the answer. So one of them just looked at me and just shook his head and said, you are just a character and a half. I said, thank you, sir. He said, don't you get upset? I said, no, why? I said, see, today's interview that they called me was the last day I had a, a joint in camp with my friend, DK Dimiri, Dimirinta, at the NYC camp in Portacourt at UST. We had a joint there that we called the Hive, where we were selling pepper soup and all that. That was the last day of the passing out. They called me for interview in Lagos. And I told them, that there were some boys that were owing me and had given their names to the CI, the chief inspector and the camp commandant, that these boys must not be released until they pay also. And I said, that's the thing I miss, the opportunity cost of coming here. So I can't fail this interview. At the same time, I go back and I don't see any money. 
they just looked at me. I don't know if it was all the jokes and all the, I don't know what happened, but I can tell you my interview was not about um, what is marketing, what is sales, what is this? It wasn't. They were just looking for something. They were looking for evidence that you have what they're looking for. And I think I must have demonstrated it because I was one of the 11 out of the over 5,000 that started the journey that were picked to join Guinness Nigeria as management trainees. Friends, fast forward. I moved to the ranks, spent seven years at Guinness. My next job was Coca-Cola, brand manager. Nigeria a day where a day as brand manager for Satsembra. I got a note that I should come for confidential discussions at Coca-Cola Nigeria, signed by one Mr. Yomi Ogunkoya. And I got there and we had a chat. I was supposed to meet um, the country manager then, or the marketing manager, Paul Sogden, at Sheraton Hotel. When I got there, that's why I'm telling you all these stories at different levels. You go from Akonwajo, they will take you to five star. And they'll be in one room and call you in. Someone came in and said, um, and I couldn't locate the man. The contact I was supposed to meet was not there. And so I went back to my office. The funny thing is, they now called back to say, we didn't see you. I said I was there. I gave a pictorial dimension of everything that happened. It so happened that the person they put there at that moment went away on a short break for 30 minutes, and that was a missing link. And I, me, I, was, I had a normal job. Why would I go and wait at the hotel for somebody? And I had to now go to the premises of Coca-Cola Nigeria, just by the Keja plant on Awolo Away. That's where I met this gentleman. Now, you can say providence. You can say how God makes things work. I met Paul at 6 p.m. that evening and we're there till about 8.30, two and a half hours. I'm not sure I would have had two and a half hours of conversations. And cut a long story short, I was hired as brand manager for Fanta. I moved from Guinness to Coca-Cola. And then moving from Coca-Cola to Cadbury was a different story. Cadbury, I was now going as a commercial director and I had to make several trips to London for all kinds of psychometric interviews with the top guns and before I was introduced into the role and finally signed it up. What am I saying, friends? If your skill does not match their need, they won't look for you. Your interviewer will be looking for evidence that you have those talents. And usually, usually, they define that by looking at your previous experience for that reassurance. And they also look at what you do. A lot of you go to interview sessions and you're talking about we, third person singular, we. We did um, a promotion tagged Idea and Sons. We were 20 that ran the promotion. What did you do, Oga? What did you do? You, uh, this is one time that you make sure Psalm 23 is your portion. When you go to read Psalm 23, you will have the Lord is my shepherd. So it is about my, mine, I. Count it. You will see that it's all about you. What did you do? In simple terms, they'll be thinking, if he has done it before, he can do it again. But when you start talking about we, 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 it means that it was a group initiative. What was your individual contribution? That is where most of you convert your interview sessions to a terror camp and you don't triumph. You feel terrorized when the barrage of questions come. But if you stay on the path of being an individual contributor, 
this is the icing on the cake, friends. Whenever you go for an interview, depending on the level, from the middle level upwards, you must always strategically look at yourself as an IC, individual contributor. Then you talk about the team. At a certain level, they want to see how you, as the head of the team, you are able to galvanize a team through visioning, thought leadership, and results leadership. So they are looking for different strands at different levels. This is what they call competencies. Your competency development will determine if you are the man or the woman they want at a senior level. What you have to do is to identify the needs they have and demonstrate the fact that you have the gift to match those needs. This is something you can plan in advance. You can rehearse, rehearse very well. You can rehash what you did in the previous interview. Listen, if you've never been to any interview at this new level, you've just been promoted, just go for one, just to practice and know what's happening. Don't just sit back and say, oh, I've been 10 years on this job. I love this company. Hmm. One day, then go flush you like happy. What you need to do, just take a test. Just go somewhere. Let people talk to you and see. You never can tell. You never can tell. I remember going for a chat. Suppose I'd interview one of the top commercial banks in the country. At that time, I was at Coca-Cola. I was doing well at Coke. And they wanted to, you know, hire me for a certain role. Uh, as a senior, as vice president for something. He was vice president for communications or marketing. I can't remember. But he was a vice president type of role. Almost at the same level with the ED. And I got in there and we're talking. And I said, ah. I said, you know what? I'm not very interested in working in the bank hall. They said, really? So why not? I said, frankly, when I started as a young man, I wanted to be a banker. But now that I've stepped into marketing, I enjoy marketing so well that I don't think the banks understand marketing. And I'll be knocking my head against the wall, trying to get budgets approved. And I was talking to the MD. And he said to me, but ID, no, um, that's not um, a problem. You will have a free hand. I said, that's what you people say before the person comes. He just looked at me and laughed and said, you are a character. I said, yes, I am, but I will tell you the truth. The first person I had a chat with was the COO at Ikoi Club. And then I met with the MD, very foremost bank. And so he looked at me and said, so ID, what will it take for us to have you? I said, what will it take? I said, well, if it's money-wise, you need to pay me like two and a half times what I'm, what I'm earning. He said, how is that? I said, because of X, Y, Z. He said, okay. He said, what would it take again? I said, to give me the environment. He said, what do you mean by environment? The opportunity for me to work. Because I know you. The way you see you is in banks. You sit down and watch the news. You see the advert of one bank coming up or one initiative. You say, instantly you are calling me ID. Go and watch uh, channel now. Are you on it? See what they are doing. Why are we not doing it? I said, that's the way you will work. He almost, you know, almost fell off the chair. He said, why do you think we are all like that? I said, you guys are like that. And I started calling names of CEOs then. And he looked at me and I said, don't forget, we are all in this game together. So why should I come to the bank? See, I'm telling you this, friends. I just could not call names. But if you get into our private 
mentoring or coaching sessions. I'll tell you, I'll call their names. They are my friends. They are very big boys, though. But I told them the truth. Because at that level, to the glory of God, I'd built some stature. They are not just calling you. I started as an entry level where they could knock me here and there. I moved to middle level. It was only one knock. I got to senior level. Before the knock comes, I had my guard. I had my shield. It was about my competency. It was about my skill. Many of you don't have any guard. You don't have any skills. You don't, your skills, your competencies, and your experiences all put together will be your ammo. Once you have the entire ammo, just like having the sword of the spirit, the ammo, rear, and everything together, that's your stature. When you step out to any interview, nobody can intimidate you. And when they can't intimidate you, you dictate the pace. So how do you know this will happen? When you identify the needs they have and show that you have the gift to match those needs. This is something you can plan in advance. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It should be clear from their brief what they need. You just have to consider how you can present yourself as the answer to that need or to that question. Or to that question, I beg your pardon. Sometimes it could be very obvious. If your own experience has covered tasks which prove you can meet their need, you just have to say so. But often you are not a perfect fit. And if you're not, you need to explain. See, when you get in for an in, to an interview and you are explaining and explaining, bros, you know get that, you know Sabia. Just leave matter for Matthias. But when you have it, be clear and succinct. Drop it. Sometimes you can be intimidated by the other person. I mean, I gave you the story of this place I went to. And one of the guys that was supposedly interviewing me was, uh, yeah, it was group, whatever he was. He was a big boy in that company. And he was sitting in London. And here was this Lagos Nigerian boy that they flew in and um, to come and have a chat with them. And he said, yeah, you are the Coca-Cola company. Tell me about it. When were you at Coke? I said, me? I said, I was at Coke for 11 years. He said, okay, specifically. So I asked him, did you ever work for Coca-Cola? He said, yeah. I said, what year? He said, 2004. And I looked at him and I said, 2004? Just when he had asked me. And I said, hmm. He said, where were you in 2004? <laughs> I laughed. I said, I was one of the top 40 leaders in Africa. He said, really? I said, yes, I was chief of staff to a president. And he looked at me and said, wow. He said, well, oh my, wow. So you must have been one of those guys we used to arrange, you know, the meeting room for when they're coming for meetings. I said, yes. He said, wow. So what, I, what brings you here? I said, you should ask your, your CEO. They invited me for a chat. And he looked at me and said, you know, very a bit snotty and saying, this guy is rude. I wasn't rude. Bros Nastacho, when you hold something, you hold up. And one of the things, you know, you must note in corporate, they size you up. I've told you it's a shark-infested river. When guys are calling, you're getting into a very senior role. Some people want to intimidate you, especially when you're carrying this color of ours. Some of these other guys think they can talk to you anyhow. Forget it, not with me. I'll give it to you, hook, line, sinker. And then you climb and sinker. And tell you, you can't intimidate me at an interview. Because it's obvious. I know what I have. I know what I carry. I know my experience. I know what you need. And if I'm your best match, what you need to do is respect me from the beginning. It is at the interview stage you earn your respect. And if you lose it there, you've lost it when you step into the pool. 
But many times, many of us are trying to please them so that we can fit in. But what you don't understand is that the word goes out, that man that intimidated you at the interview, you may come into the company, come into the business, and the guy from day one will bully you. There are so many bullies in corporate. There are bullies in the public sector. There are bullies in the private sector. The bullying starts from the interview. You can be bullied at interviews. And after that, when you join, you will now see that person as this is some guy, some dude I must respect. If guy is not taking you, step into a meeting, the person looks down on you because are you not the same person I interviewed? Now you are having wings. You need to cut those flaps and tell the person, you know, like um, my pastor preached a message many years ago, tell the devil I changed my mind. Just tell that devil that you've changed your mind. Switch it, friends. Switch it. You know, I'll tell you this for free. When I got into a place like L'Oreal and I was MD, I would take my team with me and we'd get to Paris. By the time I have my team sitting around the table with guys like Tommy Sibo sitting next to me, and then you have the usual calvary of, you know, guys across the different spectrum of natives. I don't know why they always have this problem with dealing with Africans or dealing with Nigerians. People just believe that Nigerians are this, and so they want to bully and intimidate. You can't intimidate any member of my team. And I'll say to Tom, I'll look at him and say, Tom, these people don't know, say, that we. They'll say, what are you saying? As I'm speaking, when you guys speak French, I'll speak Pidgin. Or I'll turn around and say, no, 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 listen to what I talk about. That one where they talk now, their business. The thing we won't do, now we'll go do. My guys will say, we're here. I'll tell them, say, they are that. My people understand that one, I code to mean, you know, I can't say this is radio. But they feel free to speak French in meetings. They feel free to speak their language. And then you just sit back there and you don't know what's going on. I said, hey, guys, is this supposed to be a new session or a new lesson? And they say, oh, we are sorry. So rather than correct them, I speak, I'll switch to Pigeon. I'll speak to my guys in Pigeon and they'll ask me, oh, ID, what's, um, is anything happening? I said, no. Same thing I did with the Koreans at Samsung. Friends, don't be bullied. When you get bullied at the interview, you'll be bullied when you get into the pool. I've told you before, and I'll say it again. It's a shark-infested river. You can't swim with the sharks just by just being ordinary. You need to wear something called common sense. We'll be back on this business school on Radio Friends next week, by the grace of God. We'll take it from there as we continue looking at this beautiful topic about dealing with people and taking it, whether from the deep end of the pool, or the short or the shallow end of the pool. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a question, please feel free to send a message to contact at navigatewithid.com. That's my email address. And if you want to follow me, my handles very simple, at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Once you do that, you and I can have a straight talk. Let's talk about what you're going through. Listen, your best days are still ahead. Thank you for listening. God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.